Hey, babe. Yeah, babe. Remember that time we got quarantined and decided to watch 28 Days Later? Yeah, it was a little on the nose for us, but, you know, gotta yeah. just lean into the situation that we're all in, I guess. <laughs> um, speaking of, I hope that all of you out there are staying safe and staying inside. Seriously, fucking stay inside. Stay please, inside. Please, 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 please. We will keep giving you content if you keep staying inside. Just stay inside. It's not that hard. Today we're talking about 28 Days Later. Yeah, we are. Who's it by? Who's the director? <laughs> Who are the actors? I forgot how we do this. I've been playing so much Mega Man and doing that goddamn puzzle. Yeah, puzzles suck. We're I'm having a anti-puzzle. They're having a moment. They're having a resurgence moment. But I'm it, the the jury's still out as to whether I'm for them or not. I don't know. All puzzles belong in the trash, except video game puzzles. Those are fine. Yeah, so we're here to talk about this stuff and do the things and talk about 28 Days Later. Uh, originally released in the UK and Ireland in 2002. This is another Alex Garland joint, but this time we brought Danny Boyle along. Yeah. We've never done a Danny Boyle on here. Yeah, we haven't. I really want to do Sunshine at some point. I know I've mentioned it like a thousand times in the podcast, but yeah. I really, really want to do Sunshine for horror or not. No, that'd be a good one. Or just this. Like, I don't fucking care. Um, I love that movie so much. You can totally tell, like, this is a signature garland film too yeah it's very similar minus a to... couple of things well yeah but... minus, we'll we'll get to that but yeah. the the general no the vibe is definitely like oh it's dark and science fiction and deals with humanity's problems yeah it even looks like it like the aesthetics of it yeah i unfortunately we were watching it in a not ideal format which we'll also get to later yeah so you guys know the deal we're gonna go um we're gonna go through the plot mm-hmm pretty briefly because this is pretty straightforward just a two-act movie and then we're gonna break it down a little bit and do a little bit of analysis talk about the cinematography you know as we do yeah so yeah this is directed by danny boyle uh written by alex carland and this is i believe their like debut feature collab yeah they hadn't done anything really together before Mm -hmm. this is like yeah fully full-on garland's script and boyle's vision wonderful cinematographer hand on this from Anthony Dodd Mantle Mm -hmm. uh, and a great score from John Murphy the score is great I I thought it was interesting that they didn't go and I actually I liked this about it they didn't go the I am legend route where like everything's silent because there are no there's no sign of human life at the moment so I thought that the under, the the scoring really uh, was able to shine in this film mm-hmm. because we're thinking like like there's there's just not not much room for other stuff, right? Yeah, uh, a lot of the a good portion of the first act of this film is just sort of empty. Yeah, yeah, and is filled by the score. I never know how I feel about scoring um, sort of desolate wastelands. I thought for this movie it worked. I get what you're mm-hmm. saying. Because I love the Iron Legend route. It no, makes me I freak out. No, it's it, it builds the tension in such a special way. Um, but I thought for this particular film, it was a smart move. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, maybe it's just my musical background, but I'm like, I think music can convey a lot of the same things. I know that Boyle is yeah generally very against not using music uh the scientists who the like whole team of scientists who advised him on sunshine or keep kept telling him like you really shouldn't be using sound in space there's no sound in space and he kept saying it seems it looks weird it sounds weird 
that there's no sound. Mm-hmm. I want music here. I want sound here, which speaks more, I think, to his psyche than it does. To <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's definitely true. But I, I don't know. I think that it poses a really interesting challenge for composers and movie. Oh, definitely. So, you no. know, yeah, like, there's there's no one answer to this. You definitely can go a bunch of different directions here. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think whether or not you choose to use music is is a case by case basis. There's definitely places where I think it says more. Like I said, I think it says more about the director than it does about what the film needed. Mm-hmm. I don't dislike the. I love the score in this, so I'm not mad about it. It's just one of those things of like, oh, it would have been interesting to see a cut of this that doesn't. That's a little more silent. Right. Right. I, I totally I see both sides mm-hmm. for sure like I I lean more towards I prefer it with music but I also understand that it would have been extremely interesting to see this film with no music yeah this is definitely a, I think it's just a case-by-case basis yeah in, I think you're general. right anyway so, so yeah we can oh sorry you were saying oh no I was gonna say so we've got Killian Murphy yeah Killian Murphy as the lead killer in this lead He's great. He's great in everything. I love him. Yeah, he's pretty solid. I've, I have not really been disappointed. He's hot. He's scary. Yeah, he's a he's a good actor. I I appreciate him a lot. One of my aunts hates him. Really? Yeah. So she, my mom, and I went to go see uh, Red Eye, which is a Clive, no, uh, not Clive Barker, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Is that the movie Scream. with Wes Craven with um, Rachel McAdams mm-hmm. in it? Red Eye. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, it's such a good good thriller it is it is Um, but not good for people who are afraid of flying like myself but (laughs) so i went to go see it with my aunt and my mom and we were all like i'm in the middle of the two of them we all love horror movies and everything but um i'm sitting between them and my uh, my mom and my aunt both have their nails in my forearms (laughs) i'm like 15 sitting in the theater between the two of them and i I can't remember. I saw it twice in theaters. I don't remember which order I saw it in, but I was dating someone at the time and I took them to go see it too. And so I think it was... You just no. needed more nails yeah. in your forearm? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I took this girl on this date after and I was like, yeah, let's go see Red Eye. I really enjoyed it. I saw it with my mom and my aunt. And then she was doing the same thing. I was like, oh, this is this is just a thing. Do I have a thing for about blood and pain? No. I just like this movie and I want to go watch it no matter what. <laughs> yeah. You'll, t- you'll take the, the fingernails. Yeah. It was worth the punishment. That movie's great. Yeah. We did that I saw that twice wait, in theaters. <laughs> wait, so why why doesn't your aunt like Killian Murphy? Oh, because of that movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, I so get that. she came out of that movie just going like, I don't like him. I was like, my mom and I were just looking at her like, he's super pretty and a good actor, and she's like, no, I hate him. Yeah, again, like I mean, and I've seen I've seen quite a bit of Peaky Blinders. I haven't seen all of it, and but I've seen enough to know that he's incredible in that. Yeah. Um, he's a he's a pretty brilliant Solid actor. Solid Batman, Amazing in Sunshine. Yeah. Um, He's in this really great uh, film about the Troubles in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, he just the seems wind that very... blows the barley. It's a it's a nice little it was an indie little sleeper. And I don't think many people saw it at all, but I just happened uh-huh. to pick up a copy. I think when I was living in China, I like picked up a just ripped DVD copy for the FBI agents listening. I did nothing illegal. I swear. <laughs> um, he just seems like a very consistent actor. Like everything that I've seen him in. Mm-hmm. And I, I generally like the projects that he chooses. Yeah. I mean, he's in the place that he can choose projects, I'm sure. But, like, yeah. I don't know. I've, I've liked pretty much everything that I've seen him in. Didn't he do stage two in uh, Disco Dogs? Oh, I don't know. I think he was in Disco Dogs on the stage in uh, Ireland or West End. Nice. Like, early in his career. Cool. Which is a weird play that I like. Yeah. Um, 
And then... Um, Naomi Harris is in this as Selena. Yes. Uh, we have Megan Burns as Hannah. Mm-hmm. Brendan Gleeson, who I adore. Yeah. As Frank. And Chris Eccleston as the sort of uh, commanding officer. Yeah, comes in in the second act of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who's running this little... Uh, Camp? Oh, what's the... I don't know. Sergeant... I don't know uh, Sergeant Kurtz, this Vietnam War sergeant who goes AWOL and goes crazy and like has a camp full of people and women and things like that. It feels like a reference to that. Okay. His character. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like a Lord of the Flies thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, then, yeah, like I said, music by John Murphy, cinematography by Anthony Dodd Mantle. We'll talk a lot more about him later. Um, Chris Gillen editing, produced by DNA Films and the UK Film Council. Which I really like that they put money in for that. Yeah. Um, they kind of had, to, well, they kind of had to for some of the shots that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then distributed by Fox Searchlight. And then crazy, we made back its budget 10 times. Cost anywhere between five and eight million pounds. Yeah. Made back $82.7 million. Cool. Yeah. That's that was great. its box office poll. And I can't imagine what it's had in like streaming and, and uh, uh, digital purchase and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, and if anyone wants to watch this movie, I think it's we watched it on Hulu, right? Yeah, it's on Hulu. Yeah, it's right on now, Hulu right as now. Of March something. Twenty fifth. Thank Today's you. Today's the twenty fifth. March twenty fifth, <laughs> <laughs> the year of our zombie twenty twenty. Yeah, we don't know what day it is Wednesday, anymore. Wednesday, three twenty one p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Oh my god. <laughs> um. So yeah, should we get into a little bit of plot? Yeah. Why don't we go ahead and do it? Yeah, I want to say that this first scene grabbed me immediately like I I what's funny about this movie is that when it started the opening scene is incredible Mm -hmm. like it is it sets you up for exactly what you're in for it kind of like if you want a classic horror film plot this is the movie to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got the whole, like, the... Because uh, it, it opens and the monkeys... Uh, something's the going on with the chimpanzees. They're all infected. They're yeah. all infected but... It's not super clear why. Why are they wanting to get the chimpanzees out? They're animal rights activists. Oh, They're like, okay, uh, like, okay. Like Greenpeace. Uh, that, to be quite honest, went over my head. I was just like, yeah. oh, I was just like, okay, they just want to it's get supposed them to be red, yeah. out. Okay, yeah. cool. Cool, cool, cool. So this opening scene is a reference to Clockwork Orange. Oh, okay. Because you have the chimpanzees strapped down looking at all of these TVs playing. Yeah. Like Malcolm McDowell in the the reconditioning scene from that movie. Yeah. uh, That permanently damaged his eye. Thanks, Kubrick. Oh, (laughs) no. Did you really need to do 327 shots with his eyes wide open? Jesus Christ. (laughs) But yeah. Malcolm McDowell. This this opening scene is incredible so mm-hmm. we've got the animal activists and they're wanting to free these chimpanzees who i guess have been under you know they're they're uh captive and they're they're being held captive and they're uh being tested being on. tested on and the scientist who is one of my personal favorite characters even though he's, <laughs> he's so only good. he's so good he he gives you that kind of like campy Oh, um, performance. Like, reanimator, like H.G. Wells Reanimator, the 84, yeah. 85 movie. Yeah, he gives me that like campy scientist that's like, mm-hmm. no, don't open the cages. <laughs> Stop. Welcome like, to the world of tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And so I immediately, when I saw that scene, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm in. Reference. This is great. This is like, this is already just setting up like the most, like, one of the most classic 
plot lines mm-hmm. and I was just so into it. So of course the 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 female um uh animal rights activist opens the cage and the monkey just like Krah! bites her fucking throat bites out. her throat out. It's it's really intense. It, the, the gore in this film it, it's it's a lot. It's good. Um, it's it's good, but it is it's it's, it's shocking. It's mm-hmm. brutal. Um, so this is the kind of our first taste of it. Um, the monkey just like mauls her basically, and she and then we see her eyes like turn red, red and yeah. then she starts like puking blood and attacking everybody. and attacking everybody. So you can see that this infection moves really quickly. Right, like the instant that you get. Um, bit it's mm-hmm. it, it starts to take over and i think later in the movie they say if you don't kill someone who's been infected within 10 to 20 seconds then yeah. they'll start to attack yeah and i think it's even less than that i think that that is generous like based yeah, on this was, first infection i was gonna say i counted frank's transition and it's longer than 20 seconds is it yes but i think that that's a that's a, on purpose and we'll talk about that when we get there. oh cool okay yeah. great so we then cut to a very naked killian murphy very naked. Just peen out, out for Harambe. Peen out. <laughs> I was like, fully, I was like, is that fully a penis? Nude. Respect for this. Respect to this movie for having full frontal nudity and none of it's done by women. I that's will true. say that. That's true. I think that's its one point in its favor. We see here. <laughs> we see Killian's butt like three times. We oh, see, we his, see peen so much once. Of his butt. Yeah. yeah, and for a long time. It's not just once. It's for a long time. It's a it's a it's an establishing shot. It, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> it's the second scene of the movie, and it's most of the second scene of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he wakes up in a hospital bed. It's deserted. He rips so much of stuff out of him. Starts stumbling through the hospital can't find anybody chugs a can of pepsi and what can our first moment of product placement in the movie that continues to happen throughout they love sodas yeah apparently sodas are very useful during the apocalypse yeah every apocalypse video (laughs) game i have played where it like tracks hunger or thirst or things like that soda is like your go-to i mean i guess it makes sense because it's not like you're gonna get any coffee first of all yeah second of all sugar it helps it that mm-hmm. certainly helps it's calories and it's, it's calories it's sugar it's caffeine mm-hmm. it makes sense honestly so i don't drink soda but if there was an apocalypse i probably would yeah i did it up so yeah, he chugs a can of pepsi he keeps running around spends forever screaming the word hello everywhere yeah i'm like bro no one's home <laughs> it's clear that no one's home yeah uh all these wonderful wonderful shots of london that had to be so expensive oh my god you've got like freaking big ben yeah well and it's deserted and that's it's, what yeah, yeah no that's what you've i'm got saying Tower like, Ridge, big big ben parliament yeah all of that uh, yeah. piccadilly square yeah like so much of london you see is just fully deserted and we'll get to how they shot that because that's a fun thing well i'm glad that they made their money back yeah, I can't <laughs> believe it was. It was only cost eight million pounds, which was like what in two thousand two. That's like sixteen million dollars. Yeah, even that seems like a low price tag for this movie. Yeah, because London is a very. I mean, it's a busy city. Yeah, it's not not as busy as New York, but it's definitely a busy. I think city. it's equally. It's kind of. You think so? Yeah, at least downtown, like like that area. That's all the banking area. Yeah, maybe maybe I I didn't feel that way when I personally went there, but that could yeah. have been just a different situation. Could be. So, he keeps running through London. He finally reaches this church where the pews are crowded with a bunch of decaying bodies. My second favorite scene in this movie. It's so good. The, when he, um, of course he says hello, and then, like, a few people turn Mm -hmm. and look. And that 
in itself is just horrifying. Because they're out of focus. Yeah, oh they're my out of, God, it's, it's so good. It's so good. And it's like, what's about, I mean, the tension rises so fast. Because he doesn't and, see them really like, like you, you're, you've got him in focus in the foreground, them out of focus in the mm-hmm. background. So if you don't catch it, you don't see them. Yeah. And then it's like, and then you as a viewer are already in shock that there are just, it's it's a church full of just dead bodies, or so we think. It reminded me of when we were watching uh, Silent Hill back in October. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just totally, totally Silent Hill vibes. Anytime and you switch into decaying bodies in a church, that's immediately what I think of. It was horrifying oh my god so you already are like preoccupied with that like yeah. your mind is processing that and then he says hello and people turn and you're mm-hmm. like oh my god <laughs> and then well then you hear like a crazy noise in the background kind of like gurgling, screeching yeah. gurgling like some some sort of animal and then the um the vicar comes out the, yeah he comes out and this is why i love this scene because it's just like the bodywork, the whole yeah. like creepy kind of like you can tell that he's been infected based on what you saw in the first scene of the movie, and you're yeah. just like, holy shit! So so, um, Killian Murphy ends up like punching. Well, and his the first vicar. line that isn't hello. Oh, father. Yeah, yeah, and then, <laughs> yeah, and then out out of self defense, he, he like, like swings punches a big them, and he's like, oh, I shouldn't have done that, yeah. and then like just starts running. <laughs> beats the shit out of a priest i love it yeah especially for an irish guy to like nail a like catholic yeah. or anglican priest in the face is pretty solid i just thought so, that always makes me laugh it's a good bit of comedy so that scene's incredible all around um then we get the big chase scene through london where he's trying yeah. to escape and he is rescued by selena and that other guy mark right mark yeah yeah i think yeah. so <clears throat> so he's rescued by selena and mark um who blow up an entire gas station. Sorry, we're in London. Petrol station. Right, right. Uh, and they hide out in the store. Uh, they give him a bunch of candy to eat. They're, they're like, Maltesers. Like, yeah, yeah Maltesers, like, yeah. Eat, and he just like, throws Dumps Maltesers. Dumps a whole box of Maltesers of yeah. like, single pack of packaged ones. That's uh, so funny. I can, only, like, I can only eat a couple of those. Oh, they I make my teeth hurt so them. bad. I hate them so much. But hey, if you have so, nothing else, yeah. can't beggars can't be <laughs> exactly. choosers. So he has no idea what's going on. He's so confused. He keeps trying to get answers out of them. We have Selena being tough and quiet. And Mark is so funny. He tells that dumb fucking joke about the giraffe on the floor. Oh, yeah. You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they let him know about what's going on. Like, they tell him, oh, yeah, this virus, like, it swept the entire country. Mm-hmm. He explains, like, I'm just a fucking bike courier. I got hit by, like, a car jumped a light, nailed me. Next thing I knew, I was in St. Thomas Hospital, naked as a fucking jaybird, and just like, where the fuck are the people? Yeah, because it's, that that's when you know what happened right. to him, because it, it's not clear in the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. and that was something that I was wondering about in the first place. I was like, well, yeah, he's clearly not infected, but he's just missed. Like, how did other people in comas get out of there? I think they probably just died. I think he was lucky. 
yeah that he that sounds right like, that he his wasn't so so bad or something like that, that also that i also like that that is such like a trivial question yeah, <laughs> like who cares <laughs> it's definitely not it's a it's an op- it's a question that's not answered and i don't think it needs to be exactly like, it's, it's yeah just, no that's what i'm saying garland but... does that a lot of like yeah you could ask the question but isn't it cooler to just deal with it exactly no um, i i agree yeah so he they all uh, he's like well my parents are in deptford and i need to go find them and they're like you're gonna fucking die if you got alone like if you got alone you're not coming back so we'll all go together you only travel yeah. at daylight so he's like here's the rules like yeah don't travel alone unless you have to rules. don't travel <laughs> yeah don't travel uh we only travel during daylight unless you're unless you have to yeah um or never travel at night night unless you have to yada 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 so they um they go out they're walking along he's in my absolute favorite apocalypse outfit i've ever seen we've been seeing memes about this everywhere like all over instagram twitter whatever about how apocalypse outfits are a lot different than people thought they would be oh yeah because like in um people are picturing themselves as like laura croft and like tomb raider not that that's like an apocalypse well, like mad but, max but, like, or like Zardoz yeah you know what i mean like, like with like the fucking like, like like bullet um yeah. sling and like all of this stuff and like just fucking ready turns out but turns a, out it's adidas sweats. joggers and a van sweatshirt <laughs> yeah yeah mine is a uh, bicycle shorts and a sweatshirt and yeah My adidas slides yeah <laughs> But yeah, he's wearing he's wearing scrubs. Yeah, so he's, he's wearing, wearing scrubs, scrubs that he and a, found in a hoodie. And, yeah, and or like this big oversized jacket that doesn't play like them. That, yeah. yeah, and I'm like, oh right, no, that's exactly what you would wear in Apocalypse because you put on whatever you can find. Yeah, especially if you wake up in a hospital naked as fuck. Yeah, so they're traveling through London. We get more cool shots of them just being like, of like all this place is destroyed. Mm-hmm. They get to his parents' house in Deptford, and go in, and it turns out that they've committed suicide. So such a sad scene. It's, I mean, they leave him. They it. leave him a heartbreaking mm-hmm. message on the back of like his one of his baby photos. Yeah, it's like uh, it, it says something about sleeping. Or I, I just know when I read it, it it just completely broke my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like you'll you'll remain sleeping, and we're we'll be sleeping next to you or sleeping with you. It, it's something yeah. like that. It's something along those lines, but it's, it's very heartbreaking. Yeah. It's poetic and it's heartbreaking, and it's just like, oh my God. I mean, just just putting yourself in that situation. I mean, I think I turned to you and I said, I was like, that's crazy for both parents to come to that conclusion because I feel like in a in a partnership, dynamic mm-hmm. there's usually one person who's like wait a minute let's think about this let's we might survive this whole apocalypse thing maybe maybe we you know i don't know we yeah. think about our options but the fact that that ended up being what both of them thought was the best thing to do yeah raises the stakes in a very sneaky way yeah you it know? immediately tells you how bad this was exactly exactly and that's what that was the first part in this movie where i was just like gutted i was like oh god like this is bad like this is terrible yeah yeah so so he tells him to go get get himself some clothes since they're at his place and also says no we're all sleeping in the same room together we do not separate yeah which is smart he can't sleep he gets up he wanders around with a candle accidentally attracts a couple of of his neighbors who were infected they live four four houses down yeah 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 uh they're infected we don't give a fuck kill him (laughs) (laughs) uh mark somehow gets scratched and gets the infected blood on him and so they just fucking wax him with the machete yep uh he's dead yep (laughs) mark's gone which sucks uh we liked mark he was fun he would have been a nice trio dynamic but we're back down to two Mm mm-hmm 
he's gutted. Obviously, Jim is. Uh, he's just found his suicided parents decaying in his in their bed. Uh, he's watched one of his only two friends now die, and he's left with the one who's mean to him. I was about to say, he's truly alone yeah. now. Yeah. He has nobody that, I mean, us as viewers know of for him to rely on at all. So, I mean, g- going to his parents' house was kind of the last, like, are they here yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, he's truly, truly alone. He's truly alone, yeah. So they leave the house, and Jim and Selena eventually encounter a uh, tower of, tower block of apartments. It's so big, because they see so the big. Christmas lights flashing in the distance. Yes. They get to the bottom. There's a whole bunch of shopping carts stacked up in what looks to be a line of defense against the infected. Yeah. They clamber through it, uh, start working their way up the stairs, and we keep... Selena's been checking on Jim from time to time, being like, do you need to slow down? Let us know if you need to slow down. Tell me if you need to slow down or take a break or something like that. And he keeps being all tough about it and like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. He asks her if she needs to take a break while they're going up these infinite amounts of stairs. She says no, but I can, and like, this is kind of like, but I know you need one. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like apologizing. He's finally, he kind of lets his machismo go for a second. And he's like, I don't understand. She's like, well, you... She's like, do you have a headache? He goes, yeah, it's splitting. She's like, yeah. So you have no fat on your body Mm because you've been wasting away in a coma and you've only had sugar to eat since you came back. Yeah, who knows how long he was in that coma? Yeah, well, 28 days. Oh, that's okay. Never mind. Yeah. (laughs) On the day of the outbreak, basically, is what it's supposed to be to line up. Got it. So yeah, he was a month, four weeks, whatever. So... They, she's like, yeah, you're crashing, and this is it's this line I love. He's like, so what do we do about that? She goes, well, we can't do anything about it right now, except pump you full of more sugar and uh, painkillers. So let's go. So she hands him a bottle of ibuprofen and a coke. Do what you gotta do. Yeah, soda and painkillers, and just like let's move. I know what to grab now. Yeah, ibuprofen and soda that I don't own. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. And just so many chocolate bars. Um, yeah, because like they don't really spoil that well, yeah, easily, right? Like that's it. No, I mean yeah, like, you that's... lose carbonation, but that's it. You don't need the carbonation. You need yeah, the, you're not going to get sugar sick. water. You're, yeah, you're not yeah. going to get sick from drinking a non-carbonated soda. Yeah. <sighs> Too close to home right now. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't know. We put this. We put this movie on our list in case there were people out there who kind of wanted to lean into the situation. I know yeah. that people cope with things all differently. So we put a lot of. If you follow us on Instagram, we put up a fifty uh, movie recs um, mm-hmm. for while you're social distancing, and so a lot of them. We we put a big variety up on there. Uh, most of them do not have to do with quarantine or yeah. anything of the sort. But we did pepper in, like, you know, 28 Days Later is definitely on there just because some people kind of like to embrace the situation and yeah. that's how they cope and some people like to distract themselves. Yeah. So that's there for you. Even when you're not, you know, practicing social distancing, <laughs> if you just, like, need a need a wreck, it's on there. It's also, yeah, everybody was like, oh, you're going to cover, cover contagion? You're going to cover contagion? We're not going to cover contagion because everybody's doing contagion. We're yeah. here to give you a little something different. Yeah, maybe in a year we'll look back on this and cover Contagion. Yeah, it's, it's already been out for eight. Like, I'm not <laughs> yeah, in a rush to cover not it. not in a rush to cover it. Contract. I would rather do Contracted anyway. It's a much better movie. Right. Anyway, 
that's what made our list. Contagion didn't make our list. No. <laughs> so they are clambering their way up the stairs. They hear the infected at the bottom. They race up, race up, race up. Jim's screaming for Selena to come help him and slow down and come back and get him. And she does not. <laughs> no, it's every man for themselves. Yeah. But at the top of the stairs, they meet this man who's got a riot shield and like a ski mask and like body armor on. He lets them through, tells them where the apartment is that they're trying to get to. They run down, they're banging on the door, screaming. He's just beating the shit out of infected as they try and clamber up the stairs at him and like keeping them at bay with the riot shield. Mm -hmm. The daughter will not let them into the apartment until her dad gets back. And he finally just says like, let them in, let them in. They like shove past her and they get in. And he comes in and it's just this friendly Brendan Gleeson guy. Mm -hmm. He's just like pops off that ski mask, which great touch, by the way. Yeah. Of like keeping the blood out of your mouth and everything. Totally. Solid. Totally. So he he's meets prepared them. as fuck. Yeah, he's he knows at least a little bit of what he's doing. So then he's just like, oh, we have guests. This is so great. I love people. Which is how any of us would feel right now. If we had oh my God. Like, yeah. I, I can touch someone. I have so many ingredients for the perfect cheese board, but no yeah. friends to share it with. You can share it with me. Well, obviously, I've been sharing all of my cheese with you. Thank you. But I would like to have a party. But I can't and I won't because I care about other people. Exactly. Much like we're supposed to flatten the curve, Frank flattened the infected and now we're in the apartment. So yeah, he and they're trying, he's trying to find something to serve them. Mm-hmm. He's like, what do we have? She's like, mom's creme de menthe. Which like, oh, God. Drinking a whole glass of creme de menthe is just like, oof, no thank you. I know that it's an aperitif and I would much rather just have it as part of a cocktail, not as an entire It's like drinking drink. Listerine. Yeah, a little bit like that. Oof. So they toast, and it's a cute little scene. And, and then Jim and Selena have a what they think is a very hushed conversation together about who needs who and how to get out of here and what's going to go on. Frank and Hannah are like, no, we're coming with you. Like, we're all leaving together. He shows them the radio broadcast from the military saying that we are, we've got an outpost just north of Manchester. Mm-hmm. If you can come find us, we have the cure to the infection. Please come find us, yada, 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 right? Which already is kind of like anyone claiming that they have like we have the cure is it kind of solution yeah yeah it kind of sets off like red flags it's kind of like saying that you like come come just north of of uh, Manchester we have the cure just sounds it sounds too it sounds too good to be true shady. It's shady. Like, you can say, like, come take shelter here or whatever, but a dramatic statement, like, we have the cure to this, like, thing that wiped out most of a large city is just, like... Or an entire, like, island and everything, yeah. But, like, they know that... They know that people are desperate. Mm Mm-hmm. So they play on that, and, yeah, of course, they're like, let's drive on up. Yeah, yeah. To just north of Manchester and see what's going on, because mm-hmm. I guess also they have not much to lose. Yeah, what are you like? What, what are you, you going to do? You're not going to survive in the city. There's too many infected in the city. You yeah, have to get away from it. Like, it's a what large are you concentration. Do? Yeah. So they go off and have their little cab adventure. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really clever that they had Frank be a London cab driver, mm-hmm. because London, the black cab drivers in London, yeah, are like the test to be one of those requires you to have a like photographic memory knowledge of the entire streetway system of london interesting i didn't know that it was a weird thing i learned from either top gear or stephen fry okay 
Yeah, but basically you have to have like you have to take a test that you know every single thing because you don't have like maps and things and out out. It's so you can get the fastest route and all of that. And they're also not cheap. That is clever then. Yeah. Knowing that now, that is a very right. clever choice for his occupation. It's just a nice little subtle thing. Yeah. So they go off and they're like, okay, well, we're going to go. They have the cute little grocery store adventure and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And they're about to take the tunnel out of Manchester or out of London to head towards Manchester. And they're like, well, this is the most direct route. And Jim goes, yeah, so let's take the indirect route. This is a tunnel that goes underground with cars clearly wrecked inside. Let's go above ground. But mm-hmm. no one listens to Jim. And Frank's just like, fuck it, let's go. I got this. And he does his stupid little, uh, like, let's surf on the wreckage of the cars. Yeah. And at the very end, blows out his fucking tire. Of course. Which we all no know it's going to happen. Shit. Yeah. Let's, uh, I pulled up the quote from Jim and I fucking love it. It's, no, no, no. See, this is a really shit idea. You know why? Because this is really obviously a shit idea. It's what we were all thinking. <laughs> It makes me so happy. I don't know why it's so fucking funny to me, but it's just like, yeah, no fucking shit, dude. This is so goddamn dumb. Mm-hmm. But he did it anyway, and they nearly die for it. But they don't. Uh, they get the tire changed as the infected are bearing down on them, take off, and survive. So we, they have the cute little picnic thing in the castle. They take Valium. Jim has the bad dream about everybody leaving him behind to mm-hmm. die. There's a really great shot and moment of Frank with the horses. He's so stunned by them and just so in awe of them. Yeah. Um, and we have Selena finally warming up to the idea of a family unit. Yeah. Which leads for another heartbreaking moment later. But <laughs> Of course. So eventually they do get to the blockade and it's deserted. They see that all of Manchester's on fire. Yes, which yes, is something that's you don't think about like, oh, in your apocalypse. Is like, oh right, all it takes there's no one monitoring these stations anymore. Yeah. So either the power gets shut down, which it probably does, but if it doesn't, and you leave it on for anybody who stays behind, no one's monitoring these things. So if one thing goes wrong, so if a spark, all these cities are so packed, so close together. Like we know, we live in this, we live in New York. Like yeah, one little fire goes off and it's devastating. Yeah, it doesn't take much. No. Especially because he mentions that it hasn't rained in ten days. Exactly. Which is wild for... He's like, yeah, who would have thought you'd be praying for rain in fucking England? Right? <laughs> so ironic. Isn't that ironic? Okay, Alanis. We're gonna get sued. <laughs> so, Frank freaks out. He's just, like, has a little tantrum. Starts swinging at everything. Is screaming at everybody. He's so upset. He's so angry. He'd bet everything on this. Mm-hmm. And... He gets pissed off at these crows, and they, he sees that they're feasting on an infected, or so a dead body. And he bangs on the the door or like the wall next to that underneath them, and a single drop of blood falls and nails him right in the eye. Oh, that moment is so just like no 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 yeah no. yeah, <laughs> and then you're like oh fuck. I can see that on that subreddit, R, no, 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 no. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's like, exactly oh. that. Um, so, yeah, he gets hit in the eye and immediately is like, just stay the fuck back. Everybody get away from me. Uh, Hannah doesn't realize. like His I, poor daughter. His poor daughter, who's like, what, 15? Yeah. We think. She's just trying to sort of process what's happening. Because it doesn't say that he's infected. He just starts 
screaming and covering his face and acts like he's fine for a second and then turns away and is like clearly going through it. Some great acting by Brendan Gleeson here. Mm-hmm. So then he starts screaming for Jim to kill him. Jim raises the uh, machete to just like hack at his face and you're like, oh, fucking no. And then gunshots. Yeah. Just like... Which is the second person that Jim has killed because he oh, had to he kill that little boy yeah because yeah. he after they went to the grocery store he like the there was well yeah and it was like uh the only cheeseburger for like 60, 60 miles, miles or yeah. something like that and um selena's like we have enough food we don't cut cheeseburgers yeah yeah so then he <laughs> goes in there and of course he finds like a boy who's infected and he has to kill the boy and you can tell he always feels a little, you know. He doesn't want to do he it. He doesn't want to yeah. do it, of course. And that's his only kill, too. Yeah. Up There's, until this, up, up until, until the end. Yeah, yeah up until the end. <sighs> so yeah. then he kills... Um, well, he doesn't kill Frank. He doesn't even get a chance to because the uh, army boys do it. Yeah, yeah. He gets it gets intercepted and um, they just shoot him shoot him down. One, one army guy mm-hmm. shoots him down and then... And then they pile everyone into the army. The Humvee, the, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're like, yep, yeah, we got uh, uh, two two female, one male. Repeat, two re- female, two one female, male. Two female, one male. Mm-hmm. And so they head into the... The mansion that they've heavily fortified under the command of Major Henry West. That's Chris Eccleston. Oh, okay. That's Who, his name. Yeah, Chris Eccleston was Henry West, yeah. So he gives them... Uh, Says like, okay, we're gonna feed you, we're gonna house you. This is great. We've got some more clothes for you. We're fully blockaded in here. We're totally great. Um, there's the shitty dinner <laughs> by the oh, inept no. cook with the the eggs that were off. Yeah, he makes an omelet. They're all play. It's this weird like play pretend moment. Yeah. Hannah's all pissed off. She's like, I want to bury my dad. Like, he's like, mm-hmm. what do you want? He's like, I want to bury my dad. I don't want to be here. I want to bury my dad that yeah. you killed. Yeah. Selena's a little edgy. Jim's a little cagey. They all are kind of trying to figure out what's going on. There's a philosophical disagreement at the table with Sergeant Farrell, mm-hmm. who turns out to be the only one of them who's any good. Oh, and we meet Mailer, the uh, former army member who is now an infected. That and they're just, they have him like chained up in the backyard. Major West trying to see how long it takes to starve the. Exactly. Infected. Yeah. So we get the big like battle scene where the infected come break over the fence and they have all the mines and they have all the guns and they kill everything and the uh, that piece of shit i can't remember his name in the movie but the piece of shit who comes back in and is like trying to assault selena yeah i don't even care what his name is to be honest yeah he sucks i hate him <laughs> so much this, this whole scene makes my stomach just turn yeah uh sergeant farrell throws him like hits him and throws him off and it's like you know what dude fucking kidding have a little bit of decorum here yeah uh jim also intervenes feral and jim are taken captive or no sorry um west has that creepy drink moment with jim oh yeah that's when he explains yeah. his plans like we're gonna restart the world here well yeah he was like he was like some of my men feel like there's nothing to live for. to live for and so he like promised them women to give them something to mm-hmm. live for Ugh. Yeah. Y'all can't see that, but that was a full body shiver for me. Mm. No, it's... thank you. That's a no for me, dog. So then Jim knows this whole thing, and he's like, we have to get the fuck out of here. Right. That's like... when they get, he gets his nose broken. Mm-hmm. Um, Farrell does, too. 
the shitty boy from earlier and one of the others take Farrell and Jim off to execute them out away from the mansion and everything. The women, Selena and Hannah, are given some of the lady of the house's dresses, which shockingly fit them, of course. Right, yeah. Uh, to Suspend wear, to spruce themselves up. Yeah. Uh, Selena slips Hannah some Valium so that she, like a bunch of Valium. Mm-hmm. Like a whole handful, so that, yeah, she, so that she won't feel won't anything. Won't feel anything, yeah. Uh, won't emotionally or physically. And Jim manages to escape. Feral dies, and then Jim goes full on, just full Rambo. Mm-hmm. So he lures a bunch of them out to the blockade again. Kills yeah, he a couple has of his, them. He has his hero moment. Yeah, he finally is like, you know what? I haven't been good at getting infected, but I will kill these assholes. Yeah. You think it's because he doesn't feel like he's supposed to kill the infected? Like, they, it's not their fault sort of thing? Like, it's survival, because uh, Major West says that to him. Yeah, I but, think I think we just, we learn a whole lot about Jim in those moments, because mm-hmm. even though it's self-defense, I mean, of course, some people are, you know, can harden. Yeah. But I think he might just be a very sympathetic Yeah person and might just have trouble killing anything well it's funny because he gets all his all of his kills on the attack or on offense you know what i mean like the little boy is the only thing he kills in self-defense he kills all the soldiers in defense of others yeah maybe maybe it is in his mind like a deserving sort of thing like some people deserve to die and some don't it does feel like dessert yeah so yeah, I think I I think that that is that, why. That's that, my opinion. I was thinking about that last night. I've seen this movie a bunch of times. And I was yeah, just, this is your first time seeing it, so I just wanted mm-hmm. to see how that clocked with you. Yeah, I I think that it is sort of that decision of who gets to die and who gets to live mm-hmm. in his brain. Yeah, I don't think he he doesn't, and I think this is a lot of just protagonists in general don't feel like they deserve to live. Right. But they've just found themselves in this position where they're having to protect. Not even just themselves. Like, I think that he is motivated a lot by protecting the women in this. Yeah. And... Well, his family at this point. The only yeah, family he has. His only, the only people he has. Yeah. So, I think it's more of that than it is to preserve his own life. Right. Yeah, he seems pretty reckless with his own life in this situation. Exactly. So I think that's what it is. I think that he kind of puts on this armor of like, I have to protect people now because they are kind of, and this is, you know, unfortunate and I'm definitely going to, we're going to talk about it later, but the treatment of women in this film is horrendous Mm -hmm. and they are very, yeah, we'll talk, we'll, we'll get to that, but I think he feels the need to protect them. Yeah. Well, and I think it, I think there is a clear need to protect them here. Not that Selena's not fully capable, but Yeah, no, but they are being they are being targeted. Yeah, they're being targeted. Yeah. Yeah, two it's it's two against at least ten. And it's not just protecting herself, she's also having to protect Hannah, who's not the most capable. She is capable but in different ways. Like she's she's fifteen. Yeah, she's she's skinny and their getaway driver. And she's taking a shit ton of Valium at this point. Yeah. (laughs) Fistful of Valium. Yeah. Or as I like to call it, the suburban dessert. So, Jim manages to go full Rambo, like we said. Yeah, he kills a couple of the people. It looks like Major West is going to die because there's a bunch of infected attacking him and his jeep and everything like that. Jim makes it back to the mansion, releases Mailer, the infected army man, 
uh, in what I think is his worst decision yet. I understand needing the distraction, but we talked about this. He made it worse. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't know, I'm going to set out the, uh, he just like goes rogue. Or like, but in the D&D sense, he's like, I don't know, I'm going to do the weird thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it so, just made the situation for everyone, himself included, yeah. worse. Um, so we've got infected, infected Mailer, who then infects another army man, and there's a bunch of kills that happen. Hannah does a great job of hiding behind that mirror in the really good tense scene. Oh, yeah, she's holding herself up. Yeah, yeah, she's, like, got her nails and her toes in the uh, back of this large mirror. It's such a cool scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, one by one, the uh, the army men all die, and there's a bunch of cool kills in it. Yeah. And Jim finally has his full freak-out moment mm-hmm. with the dude who keeps trying to assault Selena uh, and bashes his whole skull in against the wall. Ooh, this is one of those really gory scenes, because isn't this the same one where he gouges his eyes out? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So all these things that make him look infected, because he's shirtless, he's covered in blood, uh, and Selena's about to kill him until she sees his eyes that aren't red, which he could have just said something. He could have just spoken to her, Mm -hmm. and it would have been fine, but he didn't. He There's the drama. He's such a little theater boy. Little theater boy. And... So West is in the backseat of the cab mm-hmm. as Hannah's trying to help them get away. Uh, and Hannah has her nice moment of like sees the infected coming out of the mansion, backs the cab all the way up. They grab him out of the backseat. She takes off. They jump in the cab and escape. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even talk about one of the best shots. When Jim is uh, hiding in the woods and he is staring up and he sees the plane fly overhead. Oh, yeah. That's when he realized, because Farrell has the theory about... It be them being quarantined on the island by the rest of the world. Yes, yes. That it's people are watching the fucking Simpsons every fucking night when they're yeah, chained, when chained yeah. to a fucking radiator mm-hmm. because this asshole wants to restart the world. The world is fine. It's just us. Yeah, that's kind of a crazy moment. Yeah, I yeah that that left me thinking. I was like, wow. Yeah, so they escape, and then we have another twenty eight days later. Oh, Jim gets shot too. Yeah. So they've been he's been recovering at the this little cottage, this adorable little cottage out in the Midlands somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, we see infected dying of starvation, and uh, we see a fi- fighter jet with a Finnish flag on it. And it's, there's this funny line when Jim wakes up. She goes, he goes, oh the fucking cartons too. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Selena's been sewing and sewing and sewing and sewing. To yeah. make something, which we assume is going to be their help sign. Yeah, but instead yeah, yeah. of help, it says hello. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was clever because it's help might look like it's, you know, old. Yeah. And two month, you know, two months old. Yeah, and yeah. And so they're like, oh, fuck, well, we're going to ignore that. But hello is like, hey, we're here. Yeah, yeah. No, that, yeah. that's a good point. That's I also think it's because hello detail. is a more recogni- widely recognized word. Because mm-hmm. uh, help is different in a lot of languages, but hello is pretty similar across a lot of western languages yeah and that usually is hello and goodbye is usually the first word you learn in a language so if you know any english you probably know hello Uh uh-huh the jet flies overhead and they ask you think it saw us this time and what maybe or whatever and then smiles and then that's the end yeah and then you have there's there is an um alternate alternate ending Mm -hmm. where um jim dies in the hospital at the end. Right. And Hannah and Selena look at each other and they're like, well, what do we do now? And they grab his gun mm-hmm. or they grab guns and say, 
we move on. We mm-hmm. move forward or like whatever and they just yeah. leave and still in the dresses and everything. Still in the dresses and everything and then that's it. Like it 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 ends in the hospital and the alternate ending. I kind of like the alternate ending a lot. It's more depressing, but I it's like definitely the more ending. depressing. I know why they didn't do it cuz like that's the case for so many of these movies at this time was like production and studio interference was like no totally. we can't have the depressing ending people will hate it I was like I don't know I loved it <laughs> yeah I, I mean Legend had that I mean maybe that uh, I think it does make it more popular the way that they did end it yeah but it might have had more of like a cult following or something with the mm. depressing ending I think I'm it's not just sure. a better story you know yeah there's a, there's a, actually three alternate endings too because that's the oh. most popular one that's the one that they've um, included on Hulu, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So they fil- they only filmed two of the alternates, and one was only ever in storyboards. Because like this alternate ending, the one that like rolls after the credits, people were like, "Oh, is that more appropriate?" Like that was a huge debate on like early internet things. Um, yeah. Or old internet, I guess I should say. And then I can't remember what the third one was. I know I saw it. Anyway, that's the plot and a couple of endings. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I so. This movie starts off really strong for me. Like I said, like the first scene references so many different things that Mm -hmm. I love. And then that a couple scenes later when they're in the the church, that is my second favorite scene. And then from then on, this movie kind of falls apart for me. Like I like the first act, Mm -hmm. which is up until they get to just north of Manchester. Yeah. And then the second act completely loses steam for me. And I just think, I don't know. The first and the second act don't match to me. No, there's the first act is so strong. Yeah. It's so strong. And then the second act, once they get to this uh, castle or whatever, just the plot unravels the the treatment of. Because, like, the, the whole time they're trying to build up Selena. Yeah. As this like tough girl who's like i survived this thing and she is very like every woman for themselves sort of you know like like her saying to jim like i'll kill you in a fucking heartbeat Mm -hmm. and then the second act just for whatever reason throws all of that away we no longer have this strong female secondary character we have the women are just completely being damseled yeah. Down to the down to the point where they put on those fucking dresses, mm-hmm. and you're just like, like literally, the imagery is damseled, you know? Yeah, it's like damseled in distress. You're absolutely right. Like yeah. it, it's just so on the nose, and it's very like, I don't know. I just I hate the whole plot line of like we have to repopulate. We have to do this. Like yes, of course that's like nightmare logic. Of course that's the worst thing that could possibly yes. happen to these women. But I'm also just like, can we, I don't know, I, I struggle so much with, with rape in, in films, even alluding to rape. We didn't get yeah. a rape scene, but we almost did. Yeah. And that's that almost, like, I don't know, the fact that we were towing that line bothers me, personally. I just think that there are so many ways that you can just not do that. And I don't know, it just completely fell apart. It just... All of a sudden, the movie became about, is this guy crazy mm-hmm. and the rest of the world is fine? Is there really an infection? But clearly, these people are having a reaction yeah. to whatever. So it just completely, like, I, I don't know what we're supposed to be getting from it anymore. 
is it a movie about a guy who is trying to like restart the world and repopulate and do all that crazy shit like how did we get here you know what i mean like like it just completely falls apart for me and maybe you can articulate it a little better than i am right now but i just i don't like I don't like that in the beginning, yes, it's about an infection and that's the, it's like a zombie movie. That's what we're going for. Mm -hmm. We see that that's happening. It's not in anybody's head. Like everyone sees it It by multiple characters. Everything's happening. But then we get to this place and it's like, it's like, well, we're just being held here because this guy wants to repopulate the world. Yeah. But yet he's keeping this one infected soldier. For research. For research. Because he wants to see how long it takes him to starve. So you're just kind of like, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it just, second act, I don't know what this movie is anymore. Yeah, I my defense is, because like, I've not been shy about how much I love Alex Garland and how much I respect him, especially as a guy who writes women. He writes women really, really well. Yeah, this one after just... After this movie. Yeah, for some reason this one is just not as strong because, no, I, 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 I don't dislike him. I, yeah. I have enjoyed a lot of stuff but and i wonder how much of this was in the original script because when i look at these endings right Mm -hmm. what i see is like you've said a switch in selena's character partway through or like what her capability uh i understand that you're given good reason to believe why she would be damseled but i understand it getting there you know like there's there's a thousand other ways that that could go you we don't could want to have make had her a... too badass. You don't want to do this. Like I yeah. understand why why Colonel or Major West is in there. That is a character that I believe exists in every zombie movie, whether you see them on screen or not. Yeah. The guy who wants to repopulate the world, he's like, well, it's been a month and things aren't getting better. What do I tell them that like, oh, we're just gonna wait for them to starve to death? And we see that it takes at least two months for them to starve to death. That's yeah. a long ass time to wait. Yeah. And and I get that, but it's it's. So here's here's what I I want to bring back the alternate endings real quick, right? Because there's three of them. Mm-hmm. We watched the one. Yeah. So the one is where Jim dies and the two women go on. Yeah. There's another one that is basically that, but um, so Jim doesn't isn't that's the exact same ending, but there's no Jim. Yeah. And Selena talks to a chicken and calls it Jim. <laughs> She's like got a pet chicken now that's named Jim. It's kind of cute. It is cute. And there's the third one. The third one is what people refer to as the radical alternative ending. That's the one that's just storyboards. Mm-hmm. So in that one, it is that uh, it goes in a completely different direction after the midpoint, right? So after Act One, it goes in a totally different direction. Um, Frank's infected. The soldiers don't enter the story. Instead, Jim, Selena, and Hannah are somehow able to restrain him, helping they find a cure as they go along. So he's spared as an infected. Okay. Uh, so they're looking around the area for the cure as the broadcast told them to, right? Mm-hmm. Then they discover the blockade was protecting a large medical research complex. Uh, and then inside they find a scientist self-barricaded inside a room with food and water. He won't open the door because he what, thinks they're just going to like loot him. And he, But he does say that the answer to the infection is here. Unfortunately, he refuses to talk further because he doesn't want to make the emotional attachment to people who will soon be dead. After hours of failed attempts to break through the door or coax the man out, Jim eventually brings Hannah to the door and explains Frank's situation. The scientist reluctantly tells them that uh, Frank can only be cured with a complete blood transfusion and supplies him with the necessary equipment. After learning he is not only a match with Frank's blood type, uh, that he is the only match for Frank's blood type, Jim nobly sacrificed himself so that Frank can survive with his daughter. Just as the journey began, Jim is left alone in the abandoned medical facility 
and Selena, Hannah, and Frank move into the room with the scientist as a horde of infected breach the complex. Strapped to the table as a, chimp, as a chimp had been in the opening scene, the computer monitors showing death and destruction come to life uh, around a thrashing infected gym. So this is the one that Garland and Boyle came up with together and wanted to go th- with, but they didn't know how it would be taken. And... Yeah, they were like, the science. This is this sounds like Garland. He's like, I don't know, the science didn't work. Right. Like, what's and a I blood, mean, what does a complete blood transfusion work like? What do you do with that? Yeah. Like, do you fill his veins with bleach after that? Well, like, how does he stay alive at all? So. Well, and here's the thing about that one. It's interesting, but I think then this movie might have because you and Matt said for when you did the Jaws episode mm-hmm. that. It's a horror film in the beginning and the end, but the middle becomes a drama. Yeah. I think this might have become a drama in the middle. Yeah. With, like, a medical drama for some exactly, reason. Exactly, yeah. You know, like, it wouldn't have Oh, it would continued. have been, like, 15 minutes of that scene at least. Yeah, it wouldn't have continued as a horror film. It would have been kind of strange. Yeah. Unless, I mean, there are ways to do it where it's not Which strange, but... sounds like Boyle, but doesn't feel like Garland. Garland's so good at weaving that throughout, and this is a drama throughout, and it's a horror film throughout. Yeah, I mean, it literally is listed as drama horror. Yeah. But I think that if they had taken that route, it would have stopped being a horror film for a second and would have become yeah. a medical drama. Um, um, so Garland has also said the first one, the one that we watched, is that that's the true ending. That's the one he wanted. Okay. Where Jim dies. That makes me feel a little bit better about him even in his first outing in a movie mm-hmm. like this is his first film feature film that he wrote because he wrote the beach which boyle and the producer on this andrew mcdonald yeah had done together they adapted that but garland wasn't a part of the project i like um, the alternate ending that we saw mm-hmm. um it is the more depressing one but i don't want to discount the ending that's there no no, I no, think no. i'm it's just trying completely... to say that, like if you think about I'm, I'm just trying to save garland's reputation no for i him. well well and, well and what what i'm saying is that i think that the ending that's there is almost it's it's pretty depressing as well it is they it is. have not found fa- who knows like I'm, 28 days later right so another yeah. month has gone by and they still haven't had any sort of contact they're yeah. in this like purgatory of just like staying i mean yes it looks really sunny and cheery but i think it's kind of that like bittersweet tone where like yes they have each other and it looks nice and cheery and they're like sewing and they have flowers and they're probably growing a garden and they you know they they've done all the all this stuff but they're not saved right who knows what like an infected could find them Mm mm-hmm so it's it's kind of like this bittersweet thing. So I, I don't know. Part of me stands by what is already there. Yeah. I understand the alternate ending. Mm-hmm. I understand like that. I just think is, it makes more about the women at that point, where they're the ones who survived. They're the ones who are strong, and no, that sounds more like Garland. No, I get. I totally get that. I'm just saying that I think that it's not a. It's still a good ending. Yeah, I think the I think the the current ending is also a little weirdly depressing for what you're saying. I also forgot that there is the line in Finnish, mm-hmm. and it says, "Will you send a helicopter?" Yeah, that doesn't mean for pickup, not necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it could mean a lot of things, but it, it could. could be an attack helicopter to go kill more infected that are still up and about. Yeah, or people who might carry the virus, mm-hmm. like. When they say quarantine, they might be in slash and burn quarantine. Yeah. There's no guarantee that, like, something this infectious and this terrifying as this thing is in the movie. Yeah. 
like they said, like within the like within a week, the entire country was infected. Yeah. They could be carriers. Yeah, which like, <laughs> feel, it, it feels feels a, very um, relevant. Right now, yeah. It feels very relevant right now, doesn't it? But yeah, so I think the 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 way that they talk about the I don't know it's but yeah you're right about you're I don't mean to say that like the women in this movie are not written well because they aren't um I think this is a bit of a fumbled attempt yeah because I see what he's going for but I think it it just doesn't fully land where he wants it to I don't think he's doing it on purpose I think he's just a dude writing women who doesn't know how to yet yeah because immediately by the next movie he does sunshine he's all he's much better yeah and I think I mean who who knows how much it is um his decision and someone else's decision. Yeah. I'm not trying to pinpoint this on anyone. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that what I saw in the film is, and I harped on Selena because she's the strongest, um, mm-hmm. she's the strongest example, but then you've got Hannah as well. Yeah, she's young. Yeah, like all of this stuff, but mm-hmm. we've seen plenty of films where a 15-year-old has like risen to the top and just like saved the day randomly. And we, I mean, who, who doesn't love that? The underdog. Yeah. But Hannah's completely defenseless. Without her father, it seems. Yeah, she's good you at know? driving the cab. We see that at least. But... She's learned things from her father, mm-hmm. and she's applying those. Which but thank we never God. see her wield but any we... sort of weapon. We never see her. Yeah. She has no agency really in this film. None. She none. doesn't know what is going on in her life. She doesn't. It's it's so tough because it, Jim has so much. Yeah. Jim and has, has so, so much, much. And... and Selena has so much in the beginning. Yeah. And then. It falls apart in Act Two, mm-hmm. and that's where my frustration lies: is how much I really, oh, really liked it in the first act. Like I said, first scene, gold. Yeah. Uh, uh, scene with with uh, the the priest, gold. Mm-hmm. But then it starts to unravel, and <sighs> I, and and that's that's disappointing. Yeah, it's, it's disappointing. Rough. I think that we could have been a lot more creative with what happened in the second act. <sighs> Yeah, I think that that's I think that's absolutely right. Um, there's a lot of ways we could fix this, but that's not totally what we do here. This isn't. Uh, no, not at all, not at all. Yeah. I'm that. That's pretty much all I have to say yeah. about that. No, I think um, that, I think it's a good point to point out too, because like this is this is touted as such a great movie, and I think that that's. I uh, rewatching it, like I still love this movie. It's but enjoyable. It's not, it's completely my enjoyable. It's my least favorite of anything that Garland did, especially Garland and Boyle together. Yeah. Um, like I said, if you want a film that is just like, like a pretty straightforward like zombie film, like infection, yeah, quarantine sort of film, like this is for you. And it's a good zombie movie. It's a little bit it different. It is. It is. It and is not the first fast zombie movie though. This is not the first one with running zombies. Everybody says it was, but it's not. Right. Nineteen eighty five. Was the first one? Uh, What's the name of that movie? Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, that was Dan O'Bannon in 1985. It was the first time anybody did fast zombies, <laughs> but it was the first successful one. <laughs> I just think it's so fast zombies. I yeah. think it's a really funny name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if if you if you want to very like it's enjoyable to watch. Oh yeah, like I I would watch it again, even though I know that I do not like the second act. Like it's just I'm not gonna say it's an easy watch because it's no, very it's gory brutal. and it's brutal and all of this. I like stuff. that too. That it focuses on the brutality of what an apocalypse like this. Yeah, would look like. it's a brutal place. Yeah, and I, but I do find it enjoyable. Mm-hmm. 
So I get what you're saying. Like I, I like I like it overall. I just wanted to be clear that the yeah. second act Def. is not my cup of tea. For sure. Um, what is my cup of tea in this movie? And unfortunately, you did not get to experience totally from the way we watched it. Uh, it's the cinematography. It is fucking killer. So this is going to include a rant. <laughs> Disclaimer. Yeah. So the way they shot this movie was really fucking cool because it was new at the time. It was unconventional at the time. So normally they would have shot this on 35 millimeter. And I've on this podcast and to you, Nicole, <laughs> talked about how much I love 35 millimeter. It is a goddamn gold standard for a reason. It is a gorgeous thing to shoot on. Unfortunately, it's a very big and heavy thing to shoot on and an expensive thing to shoot on. So all these uh, shots we saw of London in the first few scenes, all shot on location. None of that is done on set. That is, there's not a single set in the beginning of that. They had to do it 45 minutes after dawn with traffic cops holding up commuters. Oh, that's how they did it? Yeah. So they had to get these shots with the clock ticking because it's shot in natural light. Mm-hmm. And they're having to do this from six different takes. Like six different angles at like T stops and things like that. So, what they ended up doing, the cinematographer's like, well, we can, uh, the way he figured out how to make Garland's shots work, because Garland was the one who wrote all of these shots, and he's like, I really wanted to get all of them. And if we shot on 35, like we had planned on doing, we would have had to drop a bunch of them. Like the cost of that just immediately skyrockets, and just the time skyrockets. Mm-hmm. You're just not, because you have to, those things are fucking huge and heavy. Like, you've seen them on lots. Like, they're enormous cameras. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I would have loved to do that because it would have been beautiful. He's like, I would have really loved to shoot, loved, loved to shoot that on a uh, giant negative because it would have been fucking great. But what we figured out is we can shoot on mini DV. So DV is a type of uh, uh, digital video mm-hmm. is what it stands for. Right. Um, they shot on mini DV because they're super... <laughs> yeah. But mini DV is really portable but gets a lot of... Uh, it's a lossy compression for the video. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a raw audio. So you get this really cool audio with this kind of weird-looking compressed video. Okay. Which we didn't get to see when we watched it together because the TV we're watching on um, is stuck on, like, 4K and Ultra. Like, it forces these older movies, not like, Ultra HD. Shut the fuck up. The TV we're watching on forces a lot of these things. These older movies were, like... Uh, artfully shot movies into like 4K or Ultra HD or whatever. It's a new TV. Yeah, and they fucking suck. I'm so goddamn sick of this. Like, I hear all these film bros go on about like, oh, you gotta watch every movie in 4K. Every movie needs to be in Super HD. I need all my shit in 1080p. Yeah. Like, fuck out of here, dude. I don't know if it's just that I'm not used to it, but I don't like, you know when you, you know when you go to like Best Buy and all the TVs are synced up yeah. And it's all in that ultra clear, like, I, I don't it's even... over sharpened. Yeah. I don't even think that that TV does it unless I've just become um, uh, used to it. But I, there's just, there's some weird TVs out there where I'm just like, I don't like how sharp this is. Well, it makes everything look like a diorama because that's part of how they do the sharpening. Yeah. It's like a digital diorama version. So basically they just cut... It makes me dizzy. The fore- yeah. It cuts the foreground and it's how they do um, fake 3D. Yeah. So we'll cut. The, this is a stronger version of it, but they do a smaller version of the sharpening. Which you cut the foreground out and like basically do like you would a diorama. You place things physically, but physically that's in air quotes behind each other. Yeah. And that's how you create false depth for three D. Okay. So when they do like the three D version of the Avengers, that's what that is. The way they do it with the sharpening is they just do it just a little bit. 
So you got it. Got it. that makes sense as to why it makes me kind of dizzy. Yeah. It's kind of like when you watch a 3D film with the glasses kind of like on your nose, yeah. <laughs> like a little yeah. bit off. It's it's just kind of it's um, weird. So, but what Mini DV does is really that's really cool, and we'll rewatch this at a, in a different way so you can see like how cool this movie really looks. Yeah, like I said, I, I enjoyed it enough to watch it yeah. again. So, so what it does is that lossy compression in the video. I'm getting really technical, but I love talking about the technical side of movies because it is so much of how the magic happens. And if you don't like hearing how the sausage gets made, then stop eating fucking sausage. Sure. <laughs> so what's really cool is that they had these like a uh, bunch of these had, I think there was like eight at a time. They would use these Canon XL1 mini DV cameras and that was covering all the angles. Mm-hmm. And the way you can do that is because you can just pick them up and move them, pick them up and move them. Like one person can just move that. But they were shooting so many that uh, McDonald, the producer, was shooting. Oh, really? <laughs> Even he was operating a camera. Um, and his gaffer was shooting, too. Uh-huh. So they all had so many cameras that, to get every single shot that they needed. They're like, I don't know, fuck it. Can you have two hands? You can operate this camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what makes it cool is that it gets you get this compressed video, so everything comes across in this sort of, like, hazy, grainy way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you still get that uh, uh, uncompressed raw audio. So you have this big sound in this like tight video. No, it's, that's... It, it's a really cool way that's of shooting. Cool. That's cool. Uh, yeah. It's really creative. And I just love when people come up with these solutions. Because like, um, people don't realize that I think still to this day the most expensive ever shot in all of cinema uh, was in Vanilla Sky. Mm-hmm. When Tom Cruise runs out into a deserted Times Square, because yeah. they emptied Times Square, so uh, what they they had to like clear out all of Times Square, and mm-hmm. the city charged them through the fucking nose for it. Which fair enough, like that's a major major industry, yeah, for New York. So um, yeah, they had to shoot that, and it was the most expensive ever shot in film, all of film it's because That's of the a, production cost it's a nice piece of trivia yeah um, so to keep this from racking up that tab because I think that shot probably cost as much as this film cost that's uh, crazy at least half as much that's like for one shot fuck that It's it was millions of dollars for that one shot good lord which no thank you I don't need that find a different way to shoot it which they did and I really fucking respect that and I think no I do too thing. I, I completely respect that and I think that I mean, it's obvious. Movie making is a creative field. Ha ha. Who knew? <laughs> and so I think that people should just keep, you know, trying to find creative ways mm-hmm. to do things. It's kind of how we. It's kind of the debate between yeah. puppetry and CGI. Yeah, I mean, we've because been, we've been watching Star Wars. For the we've first been watching time. Star Wars, and I a lot of a lot of it is CGI, and a lot of it is you know puppet work. Yeah, and I mean it's. They're both creative in different ways, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. I think a lot of TVs uh, or TVs, a lot of movies, um, default to just doing CGI yeah. instead of hiring. It's cheaper. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Instead of just hiring um, artists who do all of the puppet work and, and stuff monster and makeup and things like that, but this is one of those things that I think. I think a mixture is kind of nice. Well, here's how I've always looked at it. I look at uh, makeup and uh, practical and practical effects. Yeah. And CGI the same way I look at photography and Photoshop, right? So I took sure. this, I took this yeah. class um, in high school. I, it's a seminar in, in in high school or college. I can't remember which. Um, sometime in my like late teens. 
when I was doing a bunch of photography and it was on Photoshop. I was, um, I was working for a newspaper. I was doing some photos for the newspaper sometimes and I was trying to learn how to better use Photoshop. And one of the things they were, they were talking about was like, Photoshop can't make a bad photo good, but it can make a good photo great. That's how yeah. I look at CGI. CGI is for the edges. Yeah. But you throw it all over and you can tell. It just, totally. It's, it's totally. like face tuning. Yeah. Right? Like, you can always tell. <laughs> you, either you can take a good photo and do your makeup well, or you can use Facetune and look like a weird Barbie doll. And have no nose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you no, always I want to take that's out a, your nose. That's a good comparison is the, the Photoshop thing. That's a good yeah. a good comparison. So the way I look at this now, like I, they were a little better in the new ones, which you haven't seen, the sequel movies, mm-hmm. sequel trilogy. But practical effects are so fucking important and I just want more studios to realize that these films stand the test of time when you use practical and they don't when you use CGI yeah yeah heavily is what I'm saying yeah no 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 I I totally I totally agree with that because I think when you tell me like I can't even count on my hands how many times I've been like oh that's really shitty CGI yeah but I don't think I've ever ever said like, oh, this puppetry is terrible. Or like, and I have, this... but like... <laughs> it's less likely, though. How yeah. many times versus how many times you said this yeah. is terrible CGI, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's just less likely because it just... I don't know. It's, and I it's more expensive. so hard. And but... like, it's just, it's this uncanny valley thing. Like, look at look at the Polar Express. Look at, like, mm-hmm. let's, leave, let's leave it in Orphal Animated. When you mix CGI with live action... There's, I understand why you have to do it sometimes. Like you can't create certain things out of puppetry, but you kind of fucking can because we did it for so long. Yeah, and again, every movie it's a it's a it's a you know it's a specific example yeah. basis. Like look you at know, how like, Garland used it in Annihilation. Yeah, CGI was used to fuck things up, but it wasn't used to render the full model. Like he shot with a woman in uh, with a uh, what's her name uh, movies Zuno. that use it as a crutch is a bad thing yeah that's what I'm trying I to think that's at. what it boils down yeah. to is if it feels like it's used as a crutch then that is automatic like it, it's so transparent to mm-hmm. the viewer I think that that is a good way to boil it down yeah yeah uh, final thing is if you have a TV that over sharpens all of your films turn it off <laughs> not the TV the, the sharpening feature it's very easy to look up how to do that Basically, anything that's not like a anything that had a real cinematographer and not just some guy that a major studio that rhymes with Darvel hired, just you don't need it. You don't need it. It makes everything look worse. That was supposed to be shot a certain way. Like I remember we were watching It Follows, and I was I left the room. I was so pissed because that movie's supposed to be seen a certain way and looks like shit if you don't have it that filter over it. Yeah. Sorry, this is this is this a, is a glimpse. This is a glimpse into watching movies with Topher. Um, <laughs> I'm accepting. I'm place. accepting donations for my well-being. <laughs> I'm, joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, I love watching movies with him. Clearly, I would not have started a movie podcast if I did not. <laughs> I just like to give him a hard time. Yeah. Um, I'm a sensitive boy. Did we have anything else to talk about this movie? We've been talking forever. We sure have. Oh, yeah. Uh, the last thing I just <laughs> wanted to say is that this was this was the movie that really kicked off the zombie genre again. We had had a long break in the zombie genre. Yeah, we because everything not... everything cycles through. Like, yeah. vampires had a moment. I'm sure they're going to mm-hmm. come back soon. Yeah. Everything's always going to be there. Right. But it's who's having their moment right yeah. now. And vampires had their moment. Mm-hmm. Witches had their moment. 
I don't really know about werewolves. Did werewolves have like in a like the thirties? Okay, thirties and forties. Everything comes back in the eighties. Everything comes back. So yeah. like zombies, they're they're gonna come back. Like just all of all of the stuff. I'm sure there are people writing some crazy shit right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited. Well, yeah, we're gonna get some good um, virus movies um, <laughs> pretty soon. So it's just you know, and I think it does reflect the times like i think yeah. a lot of like the whole uh surgence of like witches and stuff was came from people being fascinated by the witch trials mm-hmm. and you know it just it comes in cycles and then we had like an exorcism thing and um, yeah it was satanic panic shit satanic panic and like all of that stuff so yeah i mean it's it's cool to see how people reinterpret these movie monsters Death. every decade or so yeah it's pretty cool. Whatever the du jour is. Yeah, but this is it just I really love that this sort of launched a lot of we got a lot of great movies because this movie did so well. Yeah. Um, cuz right after this we get Shaun of the Dead, we get I Am yes. Legend, we get which we love. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies which we don't. Yeah, no. Uh, no, no. Warm Bodies which was cute. Mhm. Zombieland which is fine. It's yeah, over, it's overhyped. It's fine. But yeah, no, I, um, I yeah, I no, we get a lot of great movies out of this, and I, I'm I'm really glad for what this kicked off. I I never saw the sequel. Twenty eight weeks later, Ooh. there's a lot of good actors in it. I just don't remember hearing much about it. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those movies that I didn't need a sequel to, you know. Yeah. And it wasn't the same team, and it didn't have any of the original actors, as far as I remember. And I was just kind of like, I'm I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily pique my interest. Maybe one day. Yeah, but... we'll get around to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. This is like this is like a weird taste in my mouth. I was uh, on the phone with a friend yesterday, and I was talking with. Him. I was like, "Yeah, Danny Boyle is kind of like fifty-fifty for me." And it's basically the first half of his career I really love. It's I'm kind of like you with this movie. I love the first half of Danny Boyle's career. I don't care about the second half at all. Yeah. Once he stopped doing horror movies and sci-fi movies and dra- and like weird, twisted dramas, I just stopped giving a shit. Yeah. After Sunshine, I guess, is when I sort of stopped giving a shit about anything that he did. Because he did Slumdog. I think I've talked about this before, but, like, it's really first half, second half for me. Because he did Slumdog Millionaire and didn't enjoy. 127 Hours didn't enjoy. I kept giving him so many shots because I loved the early half of his career that I was so excited about. Uh, And then it seems like Alex Garland just took over where he had left off. Sorry, the upstairs neighbors are bowling, I guess. Quarantine's going really well. (laughs) If you can't tell, we're a little tense. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This is, um, I'd be excited to see him do something good again. Uh, I'd like to see the two of them hook back up. Supposedly they have a third movie that they've been working on for this 28 months later. <laughs> they had an Where's idea. Gonna, yeah. 28 decades later. Yeah. 28 centuries <laughs> later. 28's the number, folks. I guess I'd have to see 28 weeks later to see if I was excited, excited about it. But I like this team together. And I think once they stopped working together, uh, Boyle's career kind of went... I mean, it went great for him. He made a lot of fucking money. Right. But I would be excited to see the two of them work together again. Yeah. It's kind of cool to see a team part for a while and then come back with yeah. new experiences and maybe create some different art. We'll watch Sunshine soon and talk about it. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think I think we should wrap this up. Yeah. We've been talking for a while and the neighbors upstairs hurts. are getting rowdy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do my quarantine exercises. We're going to do some... We're going to move our bodies... But yeah, so um, once again, I hope you guys are staying safe, staying inside, mm-hmm. all of that good stuff, taking your vitamins, washing your hands. Please wash your Please hands. Please wash your so much. fucking hands. 20 to 40 seconds, scrub, 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 do it like a surgeon. 
Yeah, you can sing basically any chorus of any song, maybe twice, depends. And yeah, I don't know why we're giving tips now. I don't know. But... (laughs) We're tired and we have nothing else to talk about. That's true. All right, uh, you know where to find us, and Mm -hmm. you know the drill. We'll be back next week. Of course, we've got plenty of time on our hands to watch all these films. If If you're finding that you have the same time on your hands, find us on Instagram. Or Twitter. We'll post the, the graphic on, on Twitter as well for of our 50 yeah. Horror Babes recs for social distancing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on Instagram at Horror Babes Podcast, uh, Twitter, Horror Babes Pod. So, until next Friday. Bye, babes. Bye, babes. <laughs>